Welcome back to Middle Maps. My name is Josh. I'm the host of the show. I'm so glad that you guys chose to take time out today and listen to this podcast. I don't know where this podcast finds you and whatever part of your journey you're in right now or the challenges you may be facing uh, in the season that we're all in, but I'm glad that you took time out of your schedule and were able to, to tune in today. Uh, I'm honored that you're here. So the focus of today's podcast is the concept of being present. And when we think about being present, I mean, there's a lot of things that can come to our mind. But I think the most important thing that we can do right now is identify what being present is. And so then from there, we're going to identify, one, what makes it so difficult about being in the present? And two, how can we be more present, being present with ourselves and then being present with others? And so when we think about what is being present, Present is really awareness, awareness of your current situation, of what's going on around you. So we're not focused on the past, we're not focused on the future, we're not focused on all the external things happening outside of our current situation. Rather, we are there and we are in the moment. And for so many people, they long for this experience, to be in the moment and to not be thinking or experiencing anything else outside of that moment. And I think there's a lot of reasons why people long for it, because within it comes a very deep connection. And so when we think about how we got to this place, you know, you're thinking, what makes it difficult to be in the present? What, you know, some people may be listening to this and saying, I'm always in the present. And so looking at that, we've got to remember that being in the present can be difficult. And we're going to examine that from the psychological standpoint, the social standpoint, and then the neurological standpoint, as we always do in mental maps. So I think one thing that's important is that what does it look like not to be present? And this isn't a, a podcast about technology and all the, you know, the challenges that came with that, but I think technology is a great example of not being in the present in certain situations. I believe that we live in the most connected, disconnected world that our species has ever experienced. We can talk to anyone, anywhere, at any time. I can get on a Zoom call with people in China. I can get on a Zoom call with people in Australia. We can send messages to astronauts in the International Space Station and have video conferences with them. And we are able to talk to anyone. Yet we are so disconnected. Even before the pandemic occurred, we are, we are a species that can be so disconnected at times. We are so focused on our internal worlds, on our own narratives. We are so focused on maybe the things that are happening within our world that we really just put our blinders on and we don't experience the world outside around us and be in their moment. And so I think that is a, a great example of what that looks like to be disconnected. There's a great movie, uh, if anyone is looking for a, a movie to watch in this moment. It's called The Voyage. And I think there's a couple of movies called The Voyage, but this movie specifically is about a group of wakeboarders, and they leave Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I'm, I'm from, Tennessee. I lived in Knoxville for a couple of years. They leave Knoxville, Tennessee, and they go by boat down the Tennessee River to the Mississippi River down to the Gulf of Mexico. And the whole goal is that they do this journey. It's a documentary. They do this journey without technology, so without phones and all these things. Great movie. Either way, within the movie, they along their journey, they end up stopping. They get off the boat, and they go into a town and eat. And when they go into this restaurant, they walk in the door, and they show this like mother, father, and child at like a booth. And the father is solely focused on his phone. And the mother is solely focused on her phone. And then the child's like doing circles in the booth. 
and that kind of just shows you how disconnected they were. Yet the kid was kind of like striving for attention. That's a whole other topic. But that's a great, great example of what that disconnected, not being present looks like. Now we can be disconnected and it has nothing to do with technology. We can be focused on things in our mind that keeps us from being in the present. But technology is just a great example of that. That's why I bring that up. So when we look at being present, what makes it so difficult to be in the moment? And one of the reasons I think that it can be so difficult to be in the moment is the concept of emotion. For many people, being in the present means experiencing things that are not pleasant. Maybe it's feeling very anxious or nervous or depressed or sad or angry. When we are in the moment, we must consume whatever is part of that moment. And so when our mind is there, when we are there, there can be troubling things that exist in our present moment. But for many people, they feel like maybe being in the present is troublesome, yet it's their emotions from their past coming in to their present. I remember uh, there's a, a great definition when you're talking about like mental health and, and mental illness. And I remember a, a professor telling me, anxiety is fear of the future and depression is fear of the past. And so that, that always made me think, you know, so if we're feeling anxious, when we get anxious, we're anxious about something happening in the future, you know, on a neurological level or in the, or a psychological level, level rather and then depression is that fear of the past or just that that sadness or that things aren't going to get better or something like that why is the present so difficult because in the present should we have those emotions and so that topic leads us to say that what if what makes being in the present present difficult not the emotions that you're experiencing in that moment but rather when you stop and you slow down and you're in that moment, you're really not in the moment and the things from the past or the, or the future come up. And I'm, I see a lot of people who, you know, when I was a therapist, I would do a lot of like grounding work and we'll get, we'll talk about grounding later on. And they would say, it's so difficult to be in the present. I just get so anxious when that. And I'll ask them, you know, what would be the reason that you would get anxious? And they would experience all of these thoughts, thoughts from their past, thoughts about the future. And that in itself wasn't being in the moment. They were being anxious about something or sad about something that happened in the past. So being able to evaluate, am I unpleasant in this current moment because of the moment? Or am I unpleasant in this moment because slowing down has resulted in me thinking of things in the future or in the past? Another major reason that people avoid being in the moment is the concept of pain, um, physical pain is, is specifically. I see a lot of people, and, and I know people, and even myself at times, have experienced a lot of pain. And the brain will really work not to experience pain. So, you know, and we've talked about this in other podcasts before, but the human body, especially the brain, is on a constant journey of creating homeostasis, meaning that everything is level. And when there is pain, when there is hurt, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, the brain will work its best to find an alternative and to find a solution for that problem. 
Well, what can happen many times is that may not be able to identify that problem. You see this a lot with people who experience a lot of chronic pain, that they don't, they can't find the solution at the moment, and so they're constantly their back's always hurting, or their shoulders or necks always hurting. And so, for some people, they will then find themselves not being in the present. The brain will say, "I can't handle what's going on right now around me," so I'm either just going to focus about stuff in the past and live in the past, or I'm going to focus in the future and just kind of check out of where I'm at right now. And I know for me personally, I, I've experienced that before. There was a time in my life uh, years ago, I had a lot of physical pain. I'd hurt my back, and it was kind of like this chronic issue that had occurred. And within that chronic pain, I had got really fixated on the future. So I was always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. And as a personality characteristic of myself, I already do that anyways. But this really exacerbated that. And I remember I was in graduate school to be a therapist at the time and part of the curriculum of graduate school to be a therapist where I went to school that was you spend a summer in like group therapy and so you're it's like you and like four or five of your colleagues uh like unpacking your own stuff now you're not supposed to go in there with your own stuff but the way the human mind works is your own stuff comes out and we were doing uh an activity and working through concepts about being in the present and it dawned on me at that moment that I had not been present in years I had been active in my life. I'd done a lot of things. Um, I was always doing stuff and trying to be a part of life. I created memories with other people. But on a psychological level, I was not present. I was somewhat disconnected. And that was such an eye-opener for me. And I had to really work on trying to be more present in my life because I had been so fixated on the future. So remembering as we go on the journey of being present that you're the reason you struggle to be in the present is not because you don't want to, rather it's because there is something keeping you from it. Whether an issue in your current life, so the current surroundings may be uncomfortable, or when you slow down, things come up that can be very troublesome. And so when we're disconnected from people, you know, as we always do in mental mass, we examine the different, you know, the biopsycho and social concepts of this. Socially what happens? When we're distant, you know, we referenced earlier uh, the concept of people being on their phones, but I think that's across domains. So we we all see those people, the people that are very distant. We may have colleagues or people in our family that they're just checked out from life. Uh, you may sit down at a dinner dinner conversation, and you got a couple people there, and there's that one person who's just off in the corner, like doing their own thing. They're physically present. But psychologically and emotionally, they are not present. And we know what that's like to be in that, that relationship. We've all tried to have a conversation with someone who's not there. And that hurts. It hurts to try to discuss and talk to someone. And if you've been to that place, and I think many of us have, where we've been that person that's been disconnected. It's uncomfortable to be the person in the room where it's almost like the light is shining on the people around you and you're kind of in the darkness. And that is what disconnection looks like. And when we think about how easy it is for us to be disconnected, given the things that we have in our world, as I talked about earlier, we are so able to be disconnected from life because of the things that we have in our life. I don't know how many times my, my wife's got on to me before, like, we'll be at dinner and there'll maybe be a football game on, and I'm focused on that football game. 
and I'm missing out on dinner conversations only. Or vice versa, you know, you may be with other people, they're on their phone doing the scrolling. They're just scrolling up and down. And they're disconnected from the dinner conversation. And how difficult that can be. Or the, or you're at home, and so you're sitting on the couch, you know, and you've got people over. And instead of everyone maybe having a talk conversation or playing a game or doing something like that, everybody's on their phone kind of just scrolling and looking and seeing what's new within the world of social media. And that can be disconnection, and that is not being present. You know, there's people that talk about, like, the scroll addicts. And people, I don't think people wake up and they're like, you know what I want to do today? I just want to spend all day on my entire phone. Now, there's some kids that do that because they want to play games. But as an adult, most people don't want to do that. But due to the things that are going on, whether it's the inability to be present or the things from their past, they move their brain from the present into the alternate universe that it is of the of social media or whatever it is on their phone. And, and there's a lot in that. We can really dive de- deep into that in other podcasts. But to really focus on this concept of being present, these technologies come with risk of distancing yourself from others. And I think it's so important to remember as a human being that you deserve the opportunity to connect with others on an emotional level. Now, looking at our current circumstances in the midst of a a pandemic and the quarantine and social distancing and all these things, we have seen what it looks like when you truly disconnect people from others. We know what that looks like as a society. I, I know in my practice we've seen a heightened, heightened amount of people who experience anxiety and depression solely because of how distanced they are. And there, there's a lot of people experiencing that. And so knowing that if we continue to not be present, we continue to be separated from the others in our life on an emotional or a psychological level, it will turn into the what we've seen when you separate people from on a physical level. Our DNA, in our DNA it is ingrained to connect with other people, to be present with others. Unfortunately, when our brain won't let us do that, we miss out on so much. And I think that's the reason many people focus to try to be more present. So when we think about the brain, why does the brain do this? And, and how does it work? Uh, and we're not going to get super neuro-based. There, I mean, it's very in-depth. And there's some great research that's identified concepts of awareness and how awareness works in the brain. But we got to remember, there are specific brain regions that are solely focused on being present. That's all they do. Those neural connections, as we talked about before in other podcasts about neural connections, those neural connections are solely focused on being present. But what's important in that is that those areas are also connected to memory and emotion. So the reason for that on an evolutionary level is that by being in the present, you experience life. That then creates thoughts and emotions. It can be stored as a memory, and now you have memories of your experience. But what that also does is that by being in the present, it also brings up emotion and memory. So when you think about that, so it also brings up emotion and memory. So when you look at that on a present level, you say, okay, I'm in this moment, but if something's uncomfortable, now the thought comes up from that. Now the emotions come up with that. Now here's anxiety. Now here's depression now here's anger and now being in the present isn't happening anymore because our brain has went from being in the present 
back to memory and emotion. And so the brain, even though we're, it's focused on being in the present, it allows you to move to a place of memory and emotion. I think another important topic in this is that the brain cannot be two places at one time. The brain cannot be in the present and be in the past and or the future at the exact same time. It's just impossible for it to do because it takes awareness to be present. And to be aware, we must be able to focus on that, whatever it is, whether it's the present or the past. I used to tell people all the time, and I still do, that the only way the brain knows where it's at is through its five senses. Seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, touching. Without those five senses, the brain is just this amazing organ in our body that can contemplate the meaning of life. But it is unable to be present in a moment if it cannot use its senses to be present in the moment. So when we make that decision that we want to be present, it's a conscious decision on a neurological level to use those brain regions solely focused on being in the present and working to ensure that the past or the future does not come in. And, and that is a very um, complex thing that, that can go much deeper than that. But on a neurological level, remembering that our brain cannot be in two places at one time. And if we want to be aware, we have to use the brain regions that are solely focused on awareness and being present to be present. Because without that, we're going to live in the present, or we're going to live in the future, or we're going to live in the past. So how do we stay present? What do you do? And I think this is really the, the, the take-home point and the biggest concept in all of this, is how do you stay present? We know being in the present is difficult, because when you're present, there's the emotions of life. Whether it's the current stuff that's uncomfortable, or it's the stuff from the past or the future that comes in that you're thinking about, they're there, and they're real, and they're in your face, and you've got to deal with them. This is a major concept within addiction treatment. Uh, I do a lot of work in the substance abuse recovery community, and we see a lot of people who, when they remove that substance that takes them from being present, they're now looking right in the face of anxiety, depression, anger, shame, guilt, whatever that looks like for them. It's the same for people with any type of situation. When you remove the ability to be either in the past or the future and focus in the present, you got to deal with it, and that's uncomfortable. We know that when you do this, socially it's tough because we're distant from others. We're, it's easy for us to be focused on the game behind our spouse rather than focused on our spouse. It's easy to be focused on our phones rather than the people around us. It's easy to be focused on... Uh, who, what's going on with this person or what's going on with that person rather than being in the present with the people that are around us because when it allows us to not have to deal with the things in the current moment. And we know that neurologically, the brain can do this, but also the brain can't be in two places at one time. And so we can't have our cake and eat it too, if you will. We can't just have the present a little bit, but, not, but take out the emotions that exist with it. So when you look at skills, there's all kinds of different things you can do. And I would challenge you uh, to try some of these things in your life if this is something that you're struggling with. Granted, and, and I always give this warning, and, and I tell people this a lot. When you talk about coping skills, coping skills is a really hot topic in the world of therapy and mental health. Uh, 
coping skills sound absurd at times. To say that I can breathe and calm down my anxiety when you're having a panic attack sounds like bullcrap. I mean, let's get real. You're having a panic attack. How am I going to calm myself down? Or if I'm in the moment of not being present, to just say I'm going to do one of these things, bam, I'm in the present. You, you, I mean, you may say to yourself, that is the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard. But the concept of this is that you practice these skills when you're not in these issues. So when you're setting at home, when you're not in a heightened emotion state, so that you then can use these when the time arises. It's hard when you're already at 10 of whatever emotion you're experiencing to use these skills that we're going to discuss. So I really challenge you to work on that. So being present, there's a lot of different things you can do. The first one, and one of my favorites, is a concept called grounding. Grounding is a big word, a big coping skill that's used in a lot of different concepts of therapy. But grounding really focuses on the five senses. And remember, we talked about neurologically, the brain can't be in two places at one time. So if we want to be in the present moment and activate those regions that are solely focused on being in the present, let's use our senses to do that. And so I have a lot of people who would just go through their five senses in the moment that they're in. So what do they see? What do they hear? What do they smell? What do they taste? And what do they touch? And explain it in detail. You can't just be like, oh, you know, there's a wall, there's a desk, there's a floor. You explain it in good detail. There's a, you know, a white wall. There's a cool feeling that's giving me goosebumps. There's a warm feeling that's creating sweat. Or there's a smell that, you know, smells like pizza, whatever that may be. And give it good detail. Because the more detail you have, the more you're going to focus on being in that moment. It gives it more power. It's giving those neural connections a lot of more, a lot of strength in that regard. So go through your senses and do it over and over and over until you find yourself in that moment. You know, we all think about the people or you know being able to sit on the beach and listen to the waves come in and feel the sun on your skin and the wind kind of blowing off the coast and you smell the salt in the air and being able to give that great detail of it and be in that moment you feel like you're there it's the same about being in the present use your senses attach emotion to your experience and i think that's really important this can be a challenging thing to do because it may create emotion that we don't want to feel but when we allow us to say that you know what i feel very happy right now because I'm in this conversation with you. I feel very energetic right now because we were having a very invigorating experience. Those emotions allow us to be present. Because remember, the brain, as we talked about earlier, being present is connected to memory and emotion formation. So if I'm forming emotions to my experience, I am in the moment. I'm not recalling emotion, I'm forming emotion. And being present is important. So attach emotions to your experience even if that emotion may be troublesome. And that leads to the next concept within that is being able to assess the emotions in that moment. So emotion is a reaction to whatever you're experiencing. And there's going to be later podcasts that we're really going to jump into what is emotion and all the concepts of emotion. But in the context of being present, Emotions are telling us something. Our brain is recognizing something happening and is generating an emotion for us. And being able to assess that emotion and say, you know, what is the reason that I feel this way in this moment? 
What is the reason that I'm feeling happy? Oh, it's because I'm having this great conversation with people. And in the same terms, what emotion am I experiencing right now that is keeping me from being in the present? The concept of self-awareness is imperative to being present because if we don't know who we are, how are we able to be in our moment? So assessing what is it that makes it so difficult for me to be there? Is it because I feel very anxious? Is it because I have a lot of emotions that I haven't dealt with from my past or my future or I've got a lot of things going on outside of my life? And what is the reason that that is not impacting my world? Because for a lot of people, what keeps them from being present isn't the current situation, but rather the things that are happening externally in their life. Whether it's people, whether it's stressors, whether it's finances, whatever that may be, those things are just setting on top of you and robbing you of your experience. I have a saying that I, that I use a lot that happiness in this world, especially right now, is way, way too hard to find to allow other people to decide if I'm going to feel it today or not. And for many people, whatever they're experiencing in their moment, they're not focused on the moment because of things that's happening in the external world. And so assess those emotions and say, what is the reason that this is coming up right now and robbing me of my happiness and of my moment, whether it's being alone or being with other people? Other skills you can use, breathing. You know, there's all kinds of great work and great stuff about breathing and breath and using breath to control your mind. Breathing is a way to really focus on the moment. And so, you know, focusing on breathing in, breathing out. There's some different apps and YouTube videos that can do like breath training. Uh, I know there's a different researchers out there and other uh, psychologists and psychiatrists that really work in the concept of breath. And so focus on your breathing in that moment if you're struggling to be present. So just solely focus on breathing in and breathing out and making that the moment that you're in. Another way to train yourself to be more present is the concept of meditation and mindfulness. I could go, one, I could go very deep into this concept. Two, I'm somewhat ignorant on the concept is that there is so much in it that I don't understand in that regard. I think many of us don't understand unless you're a specialist in it. But mindfulness is really just being aware in that moment. And, and I'm not a meditation guru, um, and, I, and I've tried it at times and struggled with it before as well. But I, I heard a, uh, a meditation specialist and mindfulness specialist say once that when you're attempting to meditate and be mindful and train yourself to being present, it's not saying that the stuff from the past won't come up. It's saying that you recognize that the past is coming up in that moment and you move on. And I think that's such a difficult thing to do to say, that, oh, here's my stuff from my past coming up. There it is. I'm going to keep on moving forward. But that is the concept of meditation and mindfulness. And once again, there are great uh, apps you can use. There are different um, classes you can go to. And if that's something you want to try, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. There's been great research that's shown the benefits of meditation and mindfulness, not only for like being present, but for anxiety and depression and physical pain and all those things. So if that's something you're interested in, I highly recommend checking it out because it would allow you to be more mindful. And then yoga. Yoga is something that really focuses on in the moment. And I would even go past it. Any type 
a fitness concept. So be, you know, fitness is one of those things where if you're doing any type of exercise, yoga, walking, running, a lot of people are able to kind of work through their stuff. I know I do when I lift and work out, kind of work through my own things that I got going on at the moment. But when you're present in that moment, because you have to, you're going to get hurt in some form or fashion. If you're not focused on your yoga pose, you're going to tear a hamstring. And it's the same way with working any type of other physical fitness. And so fitness really focuses the mind on being in the moment and allows you to be there. And, and I think that's something that we can all work on. And it's also going to be beneficial for your health. There's other things you can do. Uh, and we're not going to go into grave detail about it. But I do think that you finding what works for you, whether that's just turning off the phone. I, I know there's an exercise that, that I'll do with people, especially people who are who we consider like are scroll dependent, where they'll turn their phone off for like 30 minutes and just sit with that. For some people, that anxiety of that statement that I just said is overwhelming. But being comfortable in the concept that you've moved away from your phone and you're now in the present is so important. Or turning off all the electronics in your home and just sitting there and focusing on something, whether it's focusing on your breath, focusing on your senses, focusing on the things outside or inside your home, not allowing your thoughts to run away from you, training the brain to be present. Because the whole goal in our life is to connect with others, to connect with people on a deep level, to have experiences and make memories, to have fun, to have to go through life and experience life. That's why we're here. That's why we get X amount of time here. Now, we don't know how long we're going to get, but as long as you're here, you've been given the opportunity to experience life. To truly experience life, you've got to be in the present moment. And to be in the present moment, you've got to be aware and you've got to be focused on what's happening in you and also what's happening around you in that moment. So I challenge you, you know, moving forward, especially in this time where it's really easy to focus on all the other things besides the current moment. There's so much pain and hurt and heavy emotion that's existing right now in our world that it is really easy to not want to be in the moment, to only want to be in another place because that place is better. But being able to be in the present with the people around us, to be in the present when even when bad things occur, allows us not only to be there, but to also create change moving forward. Because those emotions that you're experiencing in that moment that are uncomfortable are an indicator that something's not right and that something can be changed. So, moving forward, work on being present. Uh, use the skills. Find what's good for you. If you're already present, keep doing it. You know, grow with it. Allow yourself to be there because you deserve it. I think that every person deserves the the opportunity to connect with other people and the people around you in your life. Whether you have one person or fifty people. Those people also deserve the opportunity to experience the great characteristics that make you you. And I can promise you that you hiding behind your phone or you hiding behind your TV or you hiding behind your thoughts of your past or hiding behind your worries of your future will not allow you to be able to show you who you are 
and rob the people around you of the great experiences that you can connect together. So connect with other people, connect with others, focus on yourself, and be present because you deserve it.